Welcome in everybody to the fourth installment of the Home Field Disadvantage podcast. I am Stephen Walker. Today I'm in the home of the one and only, the man of Memphis, as I like to say. I've never said that before, but whatever. Mark I'll, Taylor. Mark, I'll take that. I have a question for you. Hit me. Because I, I ask this to every single person because I go into these people's houses and I literally record. Okay. Give us your address. No. Oh, okay. See, I thought you would be the one to give it no. out. No. I live in Memphis. Okay. A suburb of Memphis. <laughs> Technically Lakeland, right? Yeah, or, th- yeah Lakeland, Lakeland Arlington. Lakeland or Arlington? Mail-in address is Arlington, Miss Lakeland, 38002. I thought you would be the one to give it out. No. Why, why well, you I? gave out your your code one time at church to the entire congregation. But they have to find it, the house, to get in the garage. <laughs> okay. Okay. Once they get to the garage, the code is 905. I, I thought you were going to. My garage it. code is 905, <laughs> which is the last four digits of both my boys' cell numbers. Both of them? Both of them. We, we worked out that way when they were in high school, and it just kind of stuck. That's crazy. So once you get here in Lakeland <laughs> to this back cave, I thought undisclosed you'd be the one. location, it's 905. I thought, okay, well, never mind. I anyway. guess we'll just stop asking that question. No, keep doing it. I, I literally, I thought you were going to do it. Someone's going to tell you, and it'll be cool. All right. But anyway, this is Mark Taylor. Mark. Hey, everybody. What are you? I am a uh, just a guy... <laughs> from Memphis, Tennessee, that has had a really, really interesting career. Uh, When I got out of school, uh, this guy got me involved in construction. I had a really good job working in the sheet metal industry. And I did that for 14 years, and I had this dream of having my own company. So I went off on my own. So for 10 years, I had a general construction business. And uh, and then I went in sales for a couple years. And then one day out of clear blue, and actually it's 2000, year 2000, my church called me and said, hey. What church was that? Sycamore View (laughs) Church of Christ. And they had the the, uh, leadership there had a huge lapse in judgment. And they hired me. You know, no surprise. Yeah, so I've been there 17 (laughs) years. I'm the community outreach guy. And so uh, I'm the old dude on staff. Yeah. And uh, had a great career, man. Yeah. It's been awesome. So, like, if you're confused on what that is, Mark is basically kind of the first guy you see when you walk into the door, right? And and Mark, if you haven't gotten already, is, is definitely a people person, I'd say. Like he said earlier off off the podcast, he said we could talk to a, what, was it a, stone. you said a stone. Yeah, my right? dad was saying anvil for all yeah. of you older folks know what an anvil <laughs> is, but yeah, you could talk to an anvil or talk the horns off a billy gun. Yeah. I've heard that expression. Yeah. And so, and so I love we, people. I just yeah, love people. Right, yeah, right, right. Yeah. And so we've known each other 17 well, years yeah. basically, but I was four <laughs> when you came to exactly. school. Actually, a little tidbit there, I was in high school with your dad. Back really? when he had hair. At the academy? He had a fro. Yeah, I, yeah, at the academy. He graduated in 77. 77. I graduated in 78. I didn't know that. You didn't know that, dude. I didn't know that. Yeah. I didn't know you went to Harding. Yeah. But anyway, so so Mark is here in Memphis. I'm here in Memphis. This is actually my home church um, of Sycamore View. I've been going there since I was born. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm here on break um, for all you Chattanooga people that... Are confused on where I am right now. <laughs> I am not. I am not. Um, I guess somewhere against my will. I don't know. That's right. I don't know. But anyway, so Mark is here, and today we're talking about meat. Yeah. And you are what I call a grill master and a meat connoisseur. Yes. Am I correct on that? On both. Okay. So, 
I would call myself a meat connoisseur. I'm kind of a, a intro. I'm kind of not your apprentice. It'd be nice though, but I'm kind of like an intro into this grilling of meats thing. I love meat as well. When someone ever asked me, "What's your favorite food, Stephen?" I say meat. Meat, yeah. And yeah. that was something you would say too. Yeah, right? yeah. yeah. It, it's amazing. And then there's so many, so many different things when it comes to meat and to grilling and to you know prep and all that thing. So we're going to talk about that today. Okay. We're kind of going to talk about your background into <laughs> grilling. I yeah, guess how and I got cooking. started. Yeah. How you got started? We're yeah. going to talk about um, you know kind of just. Where you get your ideas, because there's so many with you know this technology mm-hmm. thing. There's so many different places you can get um, ideas for yes. recipes and sauces and, and cuts and stuff like that. So we're gonna talk about that. Then we're gonna go into some like technicalities, I guess, of like what wood do you use, sure. what cut of meats do you use for this, temperatures, all this crazy stuff. We're gonna dive into it. So if you've never ever cooked meat before. The expert himself will teach you how to do that. Does wow. that sound good? Wow, I'm looking forward to it, All man. All right. Well, hey, let's get into it. Do it. All right, so, Mark, tell me how you got into the grilling of meats. I have always loved just cooking on just a cheap charcoal grill, yeah. which is great. You know, you can do a lot of stuff with a just a little Weber or something. My dad used to find them on the side of the road, <laughs> and he would patch them up and just buy a bag of charcoal. That's and, crazy. Yeah, and so he... I don't ever remember him buying anything new, but uh, I kind of learned from him. He always loved to cook outside. He, I love the smell of the cooking of meat over charcoal, yeah. and it's just something you never forget. And so uh, over the years, uh, we've always had some kind of charcoal grill or something like that. When I moved here at this undisclosed location, uh, I decided to go run a gas line underground to my gas meter so I would have never run out of propane, never have to worry about charcoal or charcoal lighter. And That's someone insane. comes over, you throw a package of hot dogs or some grills on, and you never run out of gas unless you don't pay your gas bill. <laughs> so I've got this gas grill outside, and I actually cooked on it so much that I burnt the bottom out of two of them. Okay? So fast forward. Uh, my wife said, hey, let's... Let's put a pool in the backyard. I said, absolutely not. Our yard will not fit a pool. We can't afford a pool. I don't want a pool. Upkeep, blah, blah, blah. And I said, what I would rather have is is let me build an outdoor kitchen. She says, absolutely not. We don't need an outdoor kitchen. So we compromised. We compromised. We did both. Mm. So... I actually ran another gas line to an area of my patio. Is this legal? Yeah, it's all code. It's all code. (laughs) All this was inspected by the county. And I built an outdoor kitchen with a new gas grill under a canopy where I could go out there in the cold, the rain, whatever. Yeah. It's got five burners on it. And I started cooking rotisserie chickens. Mm -hmm. Um, I would do... I, I love... Chicken, so I'll go with any kind of chicken. Teriyaki <laughs> yeah. is one of my go-tos. Uh, teriyaki pork tenderloin. Goodness okay. Gracious. And then this guy at work one day, I was still working construction, he goes, have you ever tried to wrap one of those pork tenderloins with bacon? Yeah. So everything, that <laughs> opened up a whole new world. Yeah. Okay. So it was gas grill, gas grill, gas grill. Three years ago this spring, uh-huh. my brother built me what they call a UDL, an ugly drum, no, a UDS, <laughs> an ugly drum smoker. Oh. It's a 55-gallon drum. Goodness You could get them in any factory for yeah. 10 bucks. Hopefully, they've had food proc in it, not chemical, right? <laughs> Everything you need, you can go to Home Depot or Lowe's, 
gas fittings, uh, handles, all that kind of stuff. You can buy a few things online. But people can look up Ugly Drum Smoker and they'll see all the different blueprints for it. Okay, 100 bucks, you're good to go. That opens up a world to yeah, smoking that's meat. <laughs> so that opens up the, the world to ribs, pork mm. ribs, baby backs, uh, shoulders, butts, <laughs> brisket. Okay, so three years now, I've been experimenting right. with all these different types of meats and rubs and sauces and techniques. Now, the cool thing about that is I can throw some chicken on there that I have... Can I give away one of my recipes? Of course. No, that'd be a delight. Okay. All you listeners, here's what you do. Get you some chicken parts. I don't care what you like. If you like the legs, the thighs, the <laughs> wings, or the breasts, or all the above, put them in a big Ziploc bag, uh-huh. of course, thought out, with buttermilk ranch dressing. Okay? <laughs> Let them stay overnight. Yeah. Take them out. Get you a good sweet rub. Your favorite sweet rub. And the predominant ingredient listed on the container is the is the predominant ingredient. So if right. it says sugar, paprika, right. sugar, well, sugar is your number one. Yeah. Okay? That's what I go to. Don't no salt. Too much salt. Sugar. <laughs> rub it, and that rub sticks to that ranch dressing because it's like a paste. Okay. Goodness. And then you cook this over hickory. I use hickory, mm-hmm. great uh, wood for chicken. And bring it up to temperature, and I take mine off the gas—I mean, off the charcoal—and put it on the gas grill to put a good bark on it. Goodness Bam! Gracious! That's a little—that's a little treat. That's a little treat well, for see, the if listeners. I'd, if I'd—if I'd, <laughs> if I'd have known in advance you were coming, which you did, true. <laughs> but I didn't have three hours. Well, you know that's true. All right, so you just—you just given the listeners. An awesome recipe. That sounds amazing, by the way. Yeah. And I'm kind of disappointed that there's not any on a plate in front of my face. Man, that that is a future podcast. I would love to do like a sampler platter mm. and have all that stuff ready. Now, we're going to talk about meats now and sure. the different cuts and the different types okay. and you know the fats and all that and all hey. that crazy stuff. But yeah. I have a question. Sure. And this is actually a poll question from the listeners. Oh, okay. okay. All right. Totally not true, by the way. Okay. We did not have a poll or anything. Okay. Justify your killing of innocent animals. They taste great. <laughs> and God put us over animals. I tried to take I can that keep going, time. man. I can just keep going. What else do you need? God put us over animals and they're good to eat. That's right. Hey, I'm not debating it. I just thought it'd be And all through the Old Testament when they were killing those jokers right and left. That's right. Some of the Slaughtered them. Yeah. Sometimes they wouldn't even eat them. I know. Just kill them. And you're telling me. I'm just telling you I hate mine. So you're a you're an Old Testament truther when it comes to meat. I don't know, dude. I just like meat. And uh, I cook chicken a lot. And I cook... You do uh, chicken. And let me tell you how I do my ribs real quick. Okay. Um, now, first... Oh, please. What's your favorite cut of meat? If I'm going pork, I'm going to go with baby back ribs. No, I'm talking about like if you have one, one meat, you can eat for the rest of your life. I'm going to go with big fat ribeye steak. Right. Oh, me big, too. Me big too. Fat rib, I would say that. But anyway, steak. go back to your ribs. Yeah. Um, I would I would tell anyone that's listening that they want to do ribs mm-hmm. to do a couple of things. Find a local uh, shop in your town. A lot of these towns have little shops. They sell mm-hmm. barbecue supplies. In Memphis, we have various ones. They offer classes. And I've been to some of these Saturday classes 
That's about an hour, hour and a half. Uh, yeah. Class on how to cook ribs. That's how I got started. But uh, like, for example, I will go to Costco or Sam's and get uh, three slabs of baby back mm. and uh, wash all the blood off of them. And that same paste I, or base I told you about with a ranch dressing, with my ribs, I use mustard. A lot of people use mustard. People mm-hmm. say mustard, you can't taste it. It burns right off. Right. But you cover those things in mustard, and that helps the sweet rub or whatever rub you desire <laughs> stick to it. i tell you, I like to go local. There's local farms here in the Memphis area that makes their own rubs, so I stay local. Mm-hmm. Okay, I put that rub on there, front and back, every crook and cranny <laughs> of it, wrap them up in foil, and put them in the refrigerator. I do that the night before. I bring my temperature up on my ugly drum smoker to 225 or 250, and with pork, it's the cut of meat, and it's the constant temperature. Mm-hmm. It can't fluctuate. Right. Chicken, it doesn't matter. Pork, <laughs> you stay with 225, 250. Uh, I use pecan. Sometimes I like to put a little sweetness in there mm. with some apple or cherry. And uh, you can buy all the stuff at Home Depot and Lowe's, by the way. Apple as in, like, the wood? Uh-huh. Apple yeah. wood. Okay. Now, here's the thing about chicken. Don't use cherry wood when you're doing chicken. Because you, you bite into it, even though you know it's done because you've used a digital thermometer and you know it's done, <laughs> close to the bone, the meat's red oh. because of the wood, the cherry wood. That's... If you're feeding guests, oh, you know it's done. If you're feeding guests, they go, hey, this chicken's not done. Or they go, <laughs> uh, or just push it aside, you know, they're being really right. polite. But it really is done. But anyway, so think about that. But Now, you opened up another can of worms okay. when it comes to woods. Okay, so tell me, like, all right, so I'll give you an example. If I'm cooking, um, like you said, chicken, don't use cherry wood. Is that what you said? Well, you, if you don't want that redness to close, oh, so to, it, close to the bone. Okay, so it still if, tastes good. If I were to cook, let's say, like, uh, I'm not going to say a hamburger because that's kind of too simple. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? If I were to cook, like, a brisket, what type of wood would I be using? Or would I use wood at all? Yeah, you can. What I would do is experiment. Okay, mm-hmm. I'm gonna tell you what I do, but experiment. That's what the fun. That's the fun thing about cooking, is you can read it on the internet. You can go to a cooking class. You can <laughs> talk to your buddy down the street, or you can share ideas. But try different things and find out what works for you. Um, some people use oak and hickory mix. Uh, these competitors that do it uh, in competition, <laughs> these big barbecue festivals. They start off with a hickory, or they may finish with a peach. They have a way that they start off with one, and it ends with another. So I went to Memphis Barbecue Supply one day. I had some guests coming over that weekend, and Jimmy, the owner, said, Hey, man, what's up? What are you cooking? I said, I'm doing a brisket. He goes, Have you been in my brisket class? I said, No, I've been in your ribs class. He says, Well, let me print <laughs> off the instructions. So I've got like five or six pages of instructions on how to do a brisket and this is what he does for competition I mean, it tells you how to, the weight of it uh, what to look for the marbling uh, what to ask your butcher for how to trim it how to rinse it and trim it. And then it then it gets into all these seasonings now it's just ironic he happens to sell all of those <laughs> seasonings which that's hey that's cool that's what he does for a living but the way that you inject it and the way that you bring your temperature up now what i did on my first brisket which was um, about six months ago, I did a mix of cherry, peach, and hickory. Now you say, why? I <laughs> why? don't know because somebody else had done it. 
<laughs> and that's what they did. And I said, I'm not going to mess with success. I'm going to do what they did. And then on my second one, I could tweak it. So I've done, I've done three. And each time it gets better and better. Yeah. It's unbelievable. I mean, some people wrap it. Some people don't wrap it. Uh, but going back to my ribs real quick, I, I love ribs. <laughs> rub it in mustard. Do your, sweet, do your sweet rub. Put them in the refrigerator. The next day, bring your temperature up. Uh, I use peach or apple. And bring it up to 225, 250. And you put them on the smoke with the rib part down where the smoke comes up through the ribs, okay, into the meat. Two hours. Mm-hmm. Okay? At two hours, you take them off and you wrap them. This is called the 221 method. Two hours on the smoke. <laughs> Two hours in the wrap. You say, well, what's in the wrap? What's in the wrap? Apple, glad you asked. <laughs> I use apple juice. Uh-huh. And I usually bring it to room temperature so it won't be such a cold shock on mm-hmm. the meat. Mm-hmm. Brown sugar and squirt butter. Goodness gracious. And wrap it up where it makes like a tent. And yeah. all it does is sit there and steam. You put it back on there, meat down, rib up. And it acts <laughs> like a boat. All that right. juice just sits in that boat. You put it back on the uh, ugly drum smoke or whatever you're cooking on and let it cook for two more hours. And the meat is falling off the bone. But here's the thing. <laughs> if you're in a competition, you're disqualified if the meat falls, falls off, off the bone. Wow. Yeah, you want it to be tender. but not, interesting. You have to have a pull to it. Yeah. So you take that meat out of the wrap after two hours. You have to be very, very careful because it's starting to fall off the bone. And you lay it back down, rib down. And mm-hmm. this is the time if you're going to baste it with any kind of right. sauce, it's when you mop it. Yeah. That last hour, that meat pulls back up on the bone so it doesn't fall off. That's crazy. It's crazy. So you two, two, one. After that last two, hour, two, one. take it off. I wrap it and I put it in a cooler, wrap it in a towel where it sits there and rest. Mm-hmm. Entertain your guests, work on your side items, <laughs> talk to the people coming over. And then when it's ready, you pull them out and they're good and hot. I mean, they're perfect. No, I mean, it's I'm, I'm just like lost for words right now. It's so good. It well, just sounds amazing. And every time I do it, I think, okay, next time I'm going to try this. Next right. time I'm going to try that. And I've been doing ribs for going on three years. And I've not really had a, a bad set of ribs. <laughs> Some have been better than others. Right. And, and, and usually a cook... We're our worst critics. Yeah. So when the party for leaves sure. and all for your sure. guests are gone, you're going, man, those are just not yeah. like I would have liked. You know, but I love ribs. Now, going off of that, you've – so a lot of, of, of meat grilling and a lot of grilling in general is a bunch of tweaking and kind of, you know, figuring out what you like, you know, whether it be a rub or like a paste or something like that. Now – where do you get these ideas? Because like I was saying earlier, there's a lot of different forms to get your ideas from now with technology and stuff like that. So what are some good outlets for the listeners if they're like wanting a new recipe for a meat or, you know, a new rub or a new, you know, I guess cooking technique? Where would you, what, like for instance, what would you, where would you go to figure that out? The first thing I would do is uh, I would talk to my friends. That's who I go to first. I know people that do this all the time. Uh, I'm also on a few uh, groups on Facebook, uh, like Backyard Smokers. Backyard Smokers. Facebook has a lot of different uh, clubs or groups or whatever. Mm -hmm. So Backyard Smokers, as I was alluding to earlier, you can go to that 
for example, the first time I did a brisket, mm -hmm. I told the group, I said, hey guys, Mark Taylor in Memphis doing my first small brisket, uh, eight pounds, uh, give me your tips. And man, they just rolled in. <laughs> now these are guys that do it all the time. Right. They're like big into it. Yeah. I'm like just to do it every now and then. Mm -hmm. These guys are big into it. They take it really, really, really serious. And so they start giving you all these ideas. So I was writing these down and uh, I just happened to have uh, the last brisket instructions that I did in front of me about <laughs> six months ago. Uh, I wrote notes in it. Mm -hmm. So what I did that worked well, what I left out or should have done better, I write that in the margin. And I know guys that cook all the time and, and they pull up a three ring binder. Or some <laughs> of them are more tech savvy than right. on their computer. But they have notes. They have yeah. a section that says, hey, I did this, I did that. The internet is a great, great way to uh, find some basic ideas. There's so many cooking shows. I watch cooking shows <laughs> uh, on a, a rainy day and you can't work out in the yard. I pull up a cooking show. There's all these shows that show you how to barbecue and these uh, barbecue cook-offs and stuff like that. Um, there's just a, there's so, but, but I'm telling you, it's like anything else. It's like, you and I play guitar, right? Yeah. Okay. What was the best way for you to learn the guitar? Practicing. Playing. That's like get, the, get the guitar out, sit on the edge of the couch or edge of the bed and play your guitar. Mm -hmm. Okay? That's what I do with cooking. There's no other, um, there's no better way than to get out there and just do it. Mm -hmm. You know, just cook. So, yeah, so basically it is, it's, it's practice, it's putting time into it, and it's also looking up stuff, you know, because there's a bunch of outlets, like we just talked about on Facebook especially, but... There's also another outlet that you've I didn't I, I had no idea that they do this, but you've actually gotten recipes from restaurants. Is that right? Yeah, you know, people don't think about that. They go into a restaurant <laughs> and like for example, you go let's just throw we're, we're not, this has nothing to do with grilling. Yeah. But just a, a yeah. good example. We have a local restaurant that we go to, it's a Mexican restaurant. What's it called? El Moscow. Oh yeah, it's great. And there's ten or eleven up here in Memphis. But the, our favorite's right here by our house. Mm -hmm. We know the people that uh, work there. They've been there for a long time. Uh, Carlos is the cook. Uh, David is our server. Um, <laughs> uh, all the different people that work there. In fact, we've had them over at our house and we fed them. Wow. We invited them over one Christmas. What did you cook for them? A traditional Thanksgiving dinner. There you go. Yeah. yeah. So we're like their familia, you know, um, so because we... Elf or La Familia. Is it? Uh, man, don't, don't get me on the air. Start talking a foreign language. Well, you language, said man. you said familiar. I thought it was like familiar, but it's not. It means it's family, just, right? But it's not just familiar. It's like law familiar. Dead. I don't know. Don't correct me if you don't know how to uh, say. My it. girlfriend's a Spanish major. Well, she ain't here. So anyway. <laughs> anyway, they're like my la familia. Yeah, there you go. Is that okay. Yeah, donde. Okay. Gracias. <laughs> Denied. Denied. <laughs> oh, bam. I knew that one. But these guys are great. And so, like the salsa. I'll say, hey, what's in your salsa? Oh, we do. No, 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 no. What is in yeah. your salsa? If you know the people at the restaurant, if you know the people that have been there for a long time and you're like their family, uh, <laughs> they'll tell you. Yeah. And so, if we go to a restaurant and there's a, uh, a sauce that they put over the uh, fish... I say, oh, what's in the sauce? Well, this is a vodka cream sauce, whatever. <laughs> so, okay, well, 
vodka's in, I get that. A lot of that cooks off. The alcohol right. cooks off. But what else is in there? If you know the people, they'll tell you. Yeah. So you write it down. You come home, you experiment. Now, sometimes these guys are tricky. They won't give you yeah. every little thing. You have to figure out that missing ingredient yeah. or that little tweak. But don't be afraid to ask. Yeah. You know, and that, I mean, that kind of goes around to uh, love your neighbor and be with your neighbor, which is a big thing you do. Exactly. <laughs> and I can tell you, I can tell you about my neighbors here. When I, All when their I, secrets. When I cook ribs... I get in trouble because I cook too much. Because I always like to have plenty. Mm-hmm. And if I have some left over, it goes to the neighbors. They just when they smell it, they just start salivating, right? I said, "Man, I hope he knocks on my door." <laughs> All right, so you you host a lot of um, I don't know what it's, events. Is that it? Yeah. People. Yeah. People. Parties. You, and you, parties. And you go into a lot of international. Uh, people, do you want to allude on that? Well, Stephanie uh, Stephanie works for Federal Express, which is an international company. You can just say FedEx. What did I say? Federal Express. Well, you know, you, you, you got some. You have to get all. You got some dude out there that's going. Why did he just say FedEx? But you just did it. <laughs> well, FedEx. Uh, she's been there thirty-two years, and she works a lot with people overseas, especially mm-hmm. this new project she's working on. When they come over here for testing or training. Uh, I thought it'd be fun to have them over to the house. Right. Hey, I've heard you speak of this guy. I've heard you speak of this lady. Well, bring him over to the house. And then I have to think, okay, oh, he's originally from India. Okay, he may not eat pork. Uh, okay, he's from the UK. What does he like? Mm-hmm. Now, you got to think about those things. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and so what, what, I have, what I have Stephanie do is ask the people, do you have any dietary re- restrictions? Now, I have found out that some people... Their culture says one thing, but they say another. <laughs> like, uh, we're not supposed to eat pork, but I love ribs. <laughs> that happened just the last time yeah. we had people over. Oh, yeah. Once you get a taste, it's... Oh, yeah. <laughs> but I love to have people over from overseas. Uh, I think the last time we had people over, it was um, about six or seven different domestic cities. And I think about five different countries wow. were represented. And so I did ribs. I did twice fried potatoes. I've got an old fish fryer that my dad made. And I slice the potatoes with a potato slice like french fries. And I bring the peanut oil to 350 degrees. And I throw those french fries in there. And they turn brown. They're cooked. I take them out. And I drain them. I turn the heat up about 25 to 30 degrees. And I put them back in there. And you fry them twice. It puts that little extra crunch mm-hmm. on the outside. Unbelievable. <laughs> but I love to have people over. I love to come up with ideas, just to, a reason to have people mm-hmm. over. Uh, at our church, when we've had the uh, fiesta to raise money for right. the young people to go to Thank you for that. Panama. You're welcome. <laughs> we've had a, a, an auction. Yeah. One of the auction items is to come to the Taylor Cafe. <laughs> Which is, what is the Taylor Cafe? The Taylor Cafe is my patio. <laughs> Here's what's funny. The, the Taylor Cafe has taken on a personality of itself. It really has. I, fo- I post food, okay? so You're a foodie. I'm a foodie, yeah. And I, people have called it food porn, too. Well, however you want to call it. But anyway, I've seen people <laughs> post pictures of brisket and phenomenal ribs, and you put it on, the, on Facebook, and people go, oh, that looks so good, looks so good. <laughs> I felt really sorry for this lady back last year. She sent me a message, and she was from the Philippines. And she says, uh, hey, I would love to come to your country and get a job. 
at the Taylor Cafe. And I didn't know how to explain to her. It's a fictitious It's a fictitious It's my house. You ought to get one of those Facebook pages. You know what I'm saying? Do you have one of those for it? No. You ought to make I, I, I've one. I thought about it. I have a sign I would back. like it. I have a sign Do you really? That says, we'll have to check that out. It says the Taylor Cafe. But I love to have people over that have never been to my home. Mm-hmm. cook for them mm-hmm. uh, and just have a fun time it, it is a reason to cook basically yeah, yeah. no yeah I mean <coughs> oh whoops Oops. sorry about that <laughs> but you know I, I love when you post on the Taylor Cafe for, but you really do need a Facebook page well I'll think about it no no, no it's, I think it's I'll time. tell you what let's do this if enough people that follow your podcast overwhelmingly say that I should do that there's no way to judge that. I'll consider it. There's no way to do that? They, they can't write in? You don't have a way to be contacted? No, I can guess my phone number Well, my Twitter. Well, don't hate on me for not having a Facebook page if I don't hate on you for not having a way that people can contact you. Well, they can contact me. Well, have them contact you. But I'm just saying they won't. Then I won't do a Facebook page. But you that was easy. To. Move on. What's next? <laughs> I mean, I don't think there's anything else. Okay. Are we, like, you mean like the podcast is over? Unless you got something else. This was fun. Okay, I, got, I do have one more thing. Okay. Safety, meat temperature is important. <laughs> and I, I didn't want to uh, not say that. You can undercook and overcook food. You know, I, I remember going back, uh, just doing a hamburger back in the old days, and I would push on it and push on it, see if it felt like it was done. I've seen people just take their um, tools that they're flipping meat with and just push on it and see if it's done. You've seen people <laughs> do that. It's just disrespectful. I know. You you need a thermometer. It's meat. It's not a rock. That's right. Treat it with care. That's right. And so part of the people that I've talked to that have given me good advice, they've said, use a digital thermometer one that's an instant read. For example, if you take the lid off of your smoke or whatever you're doing, you're mm-hmm. trying to keep your temperature that we talked about mm-hmm. earlier, 225 or 250. Here's a saying when you're cooking. If you're looking, you're not cooking. <laughs> so if you take that lid off, the heat's escaping, you're losing your uh, constant temperature because you've got a cheap thermometer that you wait, wait, right. wait, wait. Get a good digital thermometer with an instant read as soon as you put the probe in the thickest part of the meat, bam, it gives you the temperature. You put the lid back down. Now, some people even drill holes in the side of these ugly drum smokers and run a probe up in there. They have these wireless Bluetooth things that they clip on their belt and they can cut the grass and it gives them an alarm when the temperature gets too high or too low. It's crazy. So all these different thermometers, right? you can get on the internet and get all kind of cool things. But what's, what you need to remember is when you're cooking poultry, especially chicken, you need to bring it up to a good cooking temperature. Uh, some people say 165, some people say 170. If you read the uh, outside of the package, it says 185, that's too high. But get on the uh, USDA's website, oh. and, and you can see what the, what they recommend. They've just changed some of the temperatures on poultry and uh, pork. And so whatever it says safety-wise, bring your... Uh, temperature up to that and then take it off and remember some of your meat continues to cook right after it comes off so if you're doing pork like a pork tenderloin i bring mine about 155 and take it off because it's going to continue to cook right. after you take it off one more last thing one more 
on my pork tenderloin. You ready for this? Uh-huh. Go buy you a cup of pork tenderloin. <laughs> okay, like if you go to Costco, they come two in a sleeve. Yeah. Wash them off. Take your knife and open it up like a Subway sandwich. Like you're going <laughs> to open it up like right. the, the bread, okay? Inside. Oh, no. Put cream cheese. <laughs> Slice up some fresh jalapenos. Oof. Take the seeds out if you want to. If you really want to be hot, leave them in there. Lay it down there. Close it back up like a sandwich. Wrap it in bacon. bacon. <laughs> put your sweet rub on it. And cook it over your favorite fruit wood. Pecan. Apple. Whatever. Now, the last time I did one, I used apple wood bacon. So I cooked it over apple. Just for fun. <laughs> and let me tell you. Brought it to 155. Took it off. Let it rest a while. You slice that thing open, and inside of you see the Ugh. cream cheese and the green from the jalapeno, and everything's good in bacon. Wrapped in <laughs> yeah. bacon. That's a that's a um, one of my favorites, and I've never had anyone not like that. Now, if you really want to be cool, <laughs> go get you some Sister Schubert rolls, and put those little medallions of pork tenderloin right. inside the Sister Schubert oh. rolls, dude. It's unbelievable. I think that's a good good place to stop. <laughs> it's a good place to start. And One stop. more question. Yes, sir. Apology coming to the vegetarian community. I, I mentioned jalapenos. That's a vegetable. And rolls are from yeast, right? Yeah, and I will tell you this. I do think about that when we have people over. Again, I ask about people that we don't know. We ask about their dietary restrictions, and so I'm considered of that. And usually I have enough side items to that, that, that covers it. that. And if they don't eat my pork, and they don't eat my beef, and they don't eat my chicken... They can get on out. Plenty for me, dude. That's right. Plenty for me. Now, where can we... Where can we... Where can the listeners follow you on the Taylor... Like, what if they want to see the Taylor Cafe? What do they do? Because there's a lot of listeners in Chattanooga that have never even heard of you, which is a surprise, but they really haven't. Mark Dwayne Taylor. Dwayne? Yeah, Facebook. And I'll consider maybe starting. I, you know, I think, this is a, this. I think this is a starting point. Good platform. For you. Good platform. Yeah. Okay, one more question. Yes, sir. Stephen Walker. Wait. Greatest. Wait, wait. No. Great member of Sycamore View history or the greatest ever member of Sycamore View history? Go. I would say Stephen Walker. The Stephen Walker I know. That's sitting right in front of you. Sitting right in front of me. He's probably the best uh-huh. podcast uh-huh. host that I've ever sat in front of. Okay, well that... By far. That... I mean, by far. What? Today. How many have you done today? This is my first ever. In my you first are ever the today. worst. <laughs> I'm kidding. This has been great. I've enjoyed um, it. I've if you, it. Mark Taylor, enjoy. You know, every time I do this, the person I'm interviewing or guest, I, I consider you a guest host. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. They've always said when we're done, hey, that was fun. I'm not trying to make money off this. I clearly wouldn't, well, I'm not, I was going to say I wouldn't have you on the show. <laughs> I'm kidding. But it's just fun to do. Yeah. People always ask me, why do you have a, well, because it's fun. Well, I know you're humble. I'm the, I'm the most humble man you know. Hate Besides to brag. me. Hate to brag. Right. 
<laughs> I would say this, Stephen, seriously. We kid around a lot, but all kidding aside right now. Don't make me cry, Mark. Okay. It's because of you. You're a people person, mm-hmm. and uh, you're a natural at talking to people. Mm-hmm. Some people have to work at it. Keep talking. Some people are just not good at it. Uh, and so you're good at working with people, and it's very natural. It's not awkward at all. So for you to sit down here in the kitchen at my house <laughs> at the undisclosed location and just talk, it's like we're just talking. My like we friends are just talking. talking. Yeah. So you do, you're, you're good at what you do. Well. That's why you success. Are you listening, listeners? All thousands of you? Yeah. <laughs> Hundreds of thousands of masses, I'd yeah. like to say. My phone's been blowing up, <laughs> yeah. by the way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hey, are you on that podcast? <laughs> All right. Well, hey, this is Homefield Disadvantage. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at StephenWalker0 for you know links and stuff like that. If you, um, I mean, if you're listening to this, you probably already follow me because... How else would you find Tell your this? friends. Tell your friends about us. That's right. Home Field Disadvantage on iTunes, Google Play, Anchor. We're everywhere. We're everywhere. That's crazy. We're everywhere. Anyway, but that was the show. Mark, anything else before we, before we go? Hey, Happy New Year, everybody. Happy New Year. Or Bad New Year. Hopefully it's happy. There's, you know, no, we won't get to that. All right. Home Field Disadvantage. Thank you guys so much. See you around. See ya. Oh, thank you.